Hello, and welcome to Fortune's Wheelhouse, a podcast about esoterics and the tarot. I'm Susie Chang, and my co-host is Mel Moline. We're going on a journey through the symbols and secrets of the major arcana, and we hope you'll join us. If you've been listening along so far, you'll know we sometimes get carried away and we're knee-deep in Kabbalah before we can stop ourselves. So if it sounds like we're speaking in tongues, please stay with us. Help is on the way. We have a webpage, www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse. And on that webpage, you'll find basic reference articles and episode notes that are free to everyone, as well as behind the scenes posts and in-depth articles for patrons. And if you become a patron, you'll get a chance to win our giveaways, like Natalie and Patrick in Memphis, Tennessee, who just won last week's giveaway for the Emperor episode. Congratulations to you both. We'll be talking about the Hierophant this week, and in honor of that first great teacher, Mel is offering a copy of Liber Mundi, affectionately known as Book M. In case you're not familiar with Mel's written work, her book isn't your typical little white book. It's a complete mini-education in tarot, and it's sure to become a dog-eared reference on your tarot shelf. She's also including a set of the gorgeous oversized colored majors from Tabula Mundi, 22 little works of art, just for you. And all you gotta do is sign up as a patron at the $3 level or above, and you'll be automatically entered in our drawing. And now, here is Fortune's Wheelhouse. All right, we are going to talk about the Hierophant or Hierophant. Now, uh, as I recall, you actually looked up the pronunciation, didn't you? I did, because I pronounce everything wrong, as you've probably realized. Um, if it's you've been listening, bad. I pronounce Hebrew words wrong, Egyptian <laughs> words wrong, and English <laughs> words wrong. So when I was doing um, a reissue of my Rosetta Tarot, I was writing the words phonetically in hieroglyphs, so I wanted to make sure that I was pronouncing it right. And according to the English Oxford Dictionary, it's hierophant. Which is so wrong. Can I just say that's so wrong? Because, um, you know, this is from Greek. Hieros, Hieros, means, gamos, Hieros yes. means sacred and fantes is uh, revealer. So it's it should be hierophantes. And um, revealer of the mysteries, revealer of the mysteries. And if you say that, it should sound like hierophant. So, so I'm, I'm probably maybe gonna, they're wrong. They're, <laughs> well, there's a grand tradition in English of just reappropriating other people's languages and saying it however the hell. Because I want. always said hierophant, and then when I looked it up, I said, oh, it's another yet another instance of me pronouncing something wrong. I think we're just right. Um, so anyway, I think no matter what you say, potato, potato, we'll say we'll say both. <laughs> we'll say both, and I think it's perfectly fine because all this stuff is ultimately completely arbitrary. Uh, the other titles of this card are Pope, the Pope, the High Priest, as in the counterpart of the High Priestess, 
master of the sacred mysteries. Yeah, one definition of that word is a priest of the Eleusinian mysteries. Uh huh. Which is uh-huh. interesting because that's you know an agrarian cult. So we have Taurus. We're bringing back in the grains, Taurus and, the, and Demeter, and the pomegranates, and, Venus, and yeah. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. Got you. Um, hermetic title: Magus of the Eternal Gods. Uh, make sure you got the plural on that. Wouldn't want to offend anybody. <laughs> um, and also, now this is really curious. This is just a Marseille. Well, not a Marseille, but um, this is actually uh, Tarot de Besançon, which is uh, sort of uh, contemporaneous, I think, with the Marseille decks. It's it's uh, if you've ever seen the one JJ Swiss deck. The card of the Hierophant is actually um, called Jupiter, and the uh, high priestess is Juno, which is is because, you know, the Swiss were Calvinists, and they were very suspicious of the Roman Catholic Church, so you couldn't have a pope or a popus or whatever. It had to be Jupiter and Juno. You know, I, I, I love the imagery of that deck, but when I got it and I saw Jupiter and Juno, I was like, what the? (laughs) <laughs> because you know i can't i can't interpret the high priest and and uh and priestess as secular rulers they just don't you know they don't have that about them so mm. anyway so if you use a i'm really surprised that weight went with the title hierophant or hierophant rather than the pope because mm. look at the image <laughs> <laughs> right 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 it is surprising Anyway, if you use a 1JJ Swiss deck and you um, and Jupiter works for you, I'd love to hear about it and see how you make that thing go, because I can't do it. All right, so, uh, so let's talk about the um, astrological association of this card. So yeah, we're into another card of a zodiac sign, Taurus. Fixed Earth. Fixed Earth, um, ruled by uh, ruled by Venus. And of course, the moon is exalted in Taurus as well. Uh, that takes us from April 20-something to May 20-something. All right, so what references to Taurus do we have in these cards? Many, I believe, especially in the Thoth one. Definitely in the Thoth card. Mm-hmm. Less, very much less so in the Rider Waite card. At yeah. least at first, um, at first glance, I don't mm-hmm. see any. Yeah, in, there's some You almost can imagine ones. that on those pillars... Those uh, designs could be sort of bullheadish, but they're clearly not. Um, I'm imagining that they could be, but they're they're not. Yeah, if you look on the throne sort of by his ears, um, Mm -hmm. you know, there's there's these sort of solar things mm-hmm. and and uh and Maybe. david holtz who can see anything and anything <laughs> says that those are bull bullhead glyphs oh um, he's hallucinating <laughs> well i suppose okay if you put a dot inside of a bullhead yeah. Taurus symbol maybe maybe it's pretty it's pretty it's much pretty a sketchy. stretch um and oh yes yeah, so uh the other thing was the other reference which um which I just saw this morning was that he's got a little tiny bit of blue robe under his red robe. And that was an association with the moon, which is exalted in Taurus. Hmm. Again, a bit of a stretch. Yeah, there's not very, I don't really see Taurus on this card at all. Not so much, not not so much in the Waitsmith. However, uh, Crowley more than makes up for it. Yeah, he's got, he's basically sitting or, 
on or somehow wrapped around a giant bull for a throne. <laughs> that can't be comfortable. It just, just seems like a very bad idea. And then, you know, you've got the, the bull as one of the four tetramorphs, so the four Karubic mm-hmm. beasts in one corner. You've got the elephant, which is also a uh, fixed earth kind of Taurian. Yeah. Um, yeah, the bull elephant anyway. Symbol. Mm-hmm. Then you've got behind his head, you've got that... It looks like the rose window of the cathedral kind of thing. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like a hint of that. Um, that Venus. That Venus orbit. Mm-hmm. If So if you track the orbit of Venus through her cycles, it forms a pattern that looks very much like a Tudor rose. And mm. Mm. just like that stained glass window in the cathedral. Right, right. It, which is worth... Um, it's worth looking at those uh, if those of you and it's a five mm-hmm. petaled rose, so there's another mm-hmm. there's reference, the reference to five to five, right? And five also, if you think of okay, going into uh, the weapons of Gaborah for for five, mm-hmm. there's the pentagram which you see on this card. Mm-hmm. There's the five petaled. Uh, Tudor Rose, which you see on this card, and there's the sword, which you see on this card. Oh, I see. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, five is so integral to this card because of that, you know, there's the pentagram right in the middle and that idea of spirit added to to the four uh, elements of matter. Mm -hmm, The quintessence. The fifth power of Mm -hmm. the Sphinx. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, We also have a Venus ruler of Taurus reference possibly in that woman who's standing in front of the Hierophant. Could be Venus, could be Isis. Um, Ma'at. Or Ma'at, really? I think think of the woman girt with the sword adjustment, you know, if you look at the adjustment card in the thought Mm -hmm. deck, she's very much balanced on her toes with the sword between Mm -hmm. her... um, Mm Mm-hmm. And and that's Libra, and that's ruled by Venus. By Venus. Right, right. She's also got a moon in her hand, or is that a bow? It's either a moon or a, I thought it was like of a crescent sickle, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which, you know, Hierophant being a priest of the Eleusinian Mysteries, the, the sickle as the reaper, the oh, harvest. Nice. Um, I like that. Right. Or it could be the crescent moon or the moon's exaltation the in The moon's Taurus. exaltation, and there's another reference to the moon's exaltation in the number of nails at the top. There are nine, nine of them. Nine nails, which is Isode. Right. Well, there's the dove, which is the dove of Venus. Oh, yes. We the have the dove, dove and serpent. Right. There. Yep. The serpent so, and the dove again. Right. The descending dove. So this is over his right shoulder if you're looking uh, at the card. And then it also the... Um, if you again that rose window like thing behind his head, you know, you mentioned that if you cut the apple that way, exactly. you see that pattern. So there's another Venus Eve, mm-hmm. uh, which again, Taurus Venus reference mm-hmm. the five, right? Yeah, Venus is hidden in plain sight everywhere here. Where did we see last time we had dove and serpent? Where was it? Uh, was it in the Magus? I mean, last time when we recorded. Because I know, well, serpents are everywhere. Serpents are everywhere. That's. <laughs> I think one of our recordings, you, you, you asked me, oh, what? I think it was in the Magus, you asked mm-hmm. me, 
to talk about the meaning of the serpent and I just froze because there's a gazillion <laughs> uh, the serpent is everywhere the and there are so many meanings that it's all within context that can so. be like the subtitle for our podcast <laughs> fortune's wheelhouse serpents are everywhere well, you know in in the tabula mundi deck I I, I geeked out one time and did a them, spreadsheet and I counted the, the number of animals of every type in the deck by far serpents one. Mm-hmm. And I kind of tried to get people to guess how many there were and nobody even came close and nobody could find them all except for me. And I might have even missed a few because there are more than a hundred. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. And the serpent, of course, is sort of uh, reminiscent of the the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And, you know, the, the tarot has many times been uh, described by people as like that knowledge that's been passed down to us. Um, but again, the serpent reference, uh, Dove and Serpent re- reference specifically, is a and something it's Crowley t- loves. on the tower card as well. The- right, with the descending Dove of Grace and the rising serpent that winds its way up the, the tree of it life. Come, you know, it comes from, I am, mm-hmm. I am the Dove and the Serpent. No, there is love there and is there love is love. And love. love. Mm-hmm. There is the Dove and the Serpent. The Serpent and the Dove choose thee well. In the Book of the Law, chapter 1, verse 57, the goddess Nuith speaks, Invoke me under my stars. Love is the law, love under will. Nor let the fools mistake love, for there are love and love. There is the dove and there is the serpent. Choose ye well, he my prophet hath chosen, knowing the law of the fortress and the great mystery of the house of God. Wow. So that's... um... The House of God is a tower it's reference. The tower, it's yeah. another title mm-hmm. for the tower. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Okay. Well, anyway, Dove and Serpent. Um, if Crowley but, but, had a tavern, that's what I it would be if, called. I think if we, if we do a little research, we'll come mm-hmm. up with the, the biblical precedent to that. There's, yes. a, there's a definite Dove and Serpent. I forget. I'm not a Bible scholar by any means, so I mm-hmm. can't remember exactly where it is, but it's probably fairly easy to find. Okay, thanks to the awesome power of the internet, uh, we have found it. It's Matthew uh, chapter 10, verse 16, and uh, actually um, we can go to verse 15. Uh, Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and... Uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay. <laughs> Skip the Sodom. <laughs> yeah, no, but I don't really have a problem with Sodom and Gomorrah, but it just didn't make sense to, uh, it was unfinished. Just go straight okay. to the meat. Straight to 16. Okay, this is Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Uh, and then it goes on to say, but beware of men, they will deliver you up to the councils, they will scourge you in their synagogues, etc., etc. Okay. The scourge, another weapon of Gaborah. Is that true? Well, yes. that makes sense. That makes sense. I guess these are, these are the words of Jesus, actually, speaking to his 12 apostles um, and to telling them to uh, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Choose so, thee well. Choose thee well. And, it, you know, it kind of makes sense that there's a biblical reference like that in the Hierophant card. Yeah. Right. So we were talking about Dove and Serpent oh, you be- know, only because of Venus, really. We yeah. were still on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think those are all the, well, at least so far, those are all the uh, Venus references that mm-hmm. I can 
mm-hmm. see in the cards. I found you one. Found I found one that could be a Venus reference, I suppose, in the Rider Waite Smith deck. And Ooh, see on his tunics, there's the rose on the priest on the left and the lilies on the yes. priest on the right. Well, the rose is one of the symbols of Venus. Yes. So, right. okay, there's some Venus. Yes, and it's also sort of that same sort of serpent dove type thing, rose versus lily. Jesus and Mary, sometimes they say the the rose and the lily. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. And again, sex and death. Right. Right, with the rose representing carnality, passion, and women, and the somewhat uh, phallic lily drink <laughs> uh, representing death in the male principle mm. or something like that. Okay. As far as decans of Taurus goes, um, we have the five, six, and seven of discs or pentacles or coins or what have you, um, otherwise known as worry, success, and failure. Wow, that's like the story of our lives. (laughs) Right? Right. So um, the pinnacle of success bordered on either sides by worry and failure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, and that sort of makes sense for Taurus because it's such a a thingy sort of sign, you know, the idea of the world. And the central card there, success being the moon ruling it, it, it shows the instability of that. Yeah, you know, success is fleeting. Mm -hmm. It's sweet. Enjoy it while it lasts, because Mm -hmm. it's always gonna be. There's gonna be ups and downs. And right, right. Moon has its exaltation in in Saurus. In (laughs) Munosaurus, Moon has its exaltation in Taurus. So there's this moment of glory, but it's either waxing or waning. So uh, it's going to change no matter what. And then. Mercury in Taurus as worry is interesting because, you know, it's slow. Mm. In- yeah, Mercury mm-hmm. wants to be fast and Taurus does not want to go fast. Right. It's very <laughs> right. slow and plodding and solid and Mercury's... Right, the winged messenger does not like to ride the bull. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and failure, of course... Saturn, Saturn. more heavy, heavy. Yep. Uh, heavy Taurus. So it's, a, you know, this idea that Almost too heavy, yeah. There's, yeah, there's, um, there's a, there's again a, a slowness to it, and a sense that there's a sense of real stamina in it too. I've noticed with the seven yeah, of discs I that see you can persevere. That card is about endurance, mm-hmm. you know, the the, mm-hmm. the toil of man and just yeah, enduring till the end. <laughs> yeah, I mean Saturn is compatible with these long term projects, right? And, you know, not exactly fun. Not exactly putting fun. In, putting in the effort. There's this idea with the seven of discs. Uh, when you look at it, that the guy, you know, the idea in the weight card was that she was trying to depict the possibility of potato blight. She's got nightshades on there. They are, of course, growing up in a very unpotato-like fashion. But he's he's leaning on his hoe, and he doesn't know because you never know with potato blight till you dig it up. You know whether you've got potatoes or mush, and uh, so this it's the that moment of assessing and wondering and what you're going to do. What's your plan B? So start digging, start digging. These two, these cards of Taurus are really um, personal for me because I remember last year in Taurus, I believe it was, I drew the five of discs and the seven of discs together one morning and I was about to leave for New York uh, to go to the James Beard Awards. And 
uh, I was like, well, that's, that's terrible. But, <laughs> but, but of course, it's all going to be fine. So I went and I taught my class. And then I drove to the parking lot where I was going to meet the bus. I saw the bus there. I went in to get a permit for my parking. I came out, the bus was gone. So I had failed at getting my bus. And then, uh, and then I had to take a very expensive train to get to my event material worry exactly so here we had you know exactly the the poverty and the failure all in one day and but anyway so 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 every time now that I get the seven of discs um I'm very careful to plan ahead and to respect Saturn as the lord of boundaries and not try to mess with the schedule or be overly optimistic but just to plan look have a plan B, and that seems to be a better way to deal with that card. Uh, with those, when you, when you're dealing with the worldly things of Taurus and the restricting effect of Saturn. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think of the the quote that Crowley says about that card. He's like something about when all else fails, you can still go toil in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. There's something grounding about uh, about uh, facing failure in that way. All right. So, uh, Hebrew letter? Nail. Vow. Vow. Vav. Vav. Vow. Meaning nail, joining together, which to me is so uh, meaningful for this this card. Yeah. I mean, the, the pontifex. The actually means in, in Hebrew is the conjunction and. Wow. So, it's, mm-hmm. con- con- it's a connector. It connects two things together. In, in this mm-hmm. case, the, the above and the below, because um, this brings the Kabbalah in a little bit. But if you look mm-hmm. at the, um, the path, mm-hmm. from so Chokma being to from Hesed, it's, it's connecting the, the supernal triad. It's the first path that brings it down, mm-hmm. you know, well... You've got the priestess in the center there, but it's here. It's the connector that brings the you know supernal father down to the more uh, mundane father, if mm-hmm. you will, of mm-hmm. Hesed. Right, right, and um, and also I I just love that idea of the nail that joins things together because the 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 Pope figure is supposed to be that. Uh, that bridge between that intermediary right? between yeah, yeah between heaven and earth and pontiff or pontifex literally means a bridge maker or bridge builder so there he is um fastening us to the divine um or trying to and it looks like in the weight card I don't know. Those look like three nails up at the in, in his <laughs> crown, doesn't it? it I mean, it does. It looks um, like that to me. Well, you know, our our, our friend David Hulse <laughs> says that that's a W because we say sometimes say well W, w. Well, w and U they are mm-hmm. the same letter. So mm-hmm. I okay, I'll buy that. But it also looks yeah. like three nails. As it well. also looks like three nails, and we have um, of course all those nine nails at the top of the Crowley mm. card. Um, so three and nine, I don't know. There's like we we talked about the nine being a lunar reference in mm-hmm. the in the curly card. Three, I mean, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. I mm-hmm. don't know. Also, uh, ages of you know, age of Osiris, Isis, mm-hmm. Horus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not so much in the weight card, though. I Not so much in the weight card. Reference yeah. that I was trying to figure out what the three nails. Um, <laughs> right, right. In fact, there's um, uh, so many references 
uh, in the weight card to three, the, the triple crown that popes used to wear, the mm. uh, triple staff, the three crosses on his... Uh, One thing we should put up on the website when we put up this card is uh, there's a painting by Van Eyck mm-hmm. called Adoration of the Lamb, or mm-hmm. the Adoration of the Mystic Lamb. Mm-hmm. And if you look at that painting, it's almost... It's totally obvious that weight based this card on that. Really? Yeah. Fantastic. It's quite striking. Yeah, we'll definitely put that up there. Oh, you know, in terms of bridge making, there's also the 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 hexagram and the pentagram in right. here. So the right. hexagram, there's, a, there's tons of hexagram and pentagram yeah. imagery. And hexagram we, we see as the macrocosm, the heaven and earth joined right. together, and the pentagram as the, the microcosm, microcosm, you know, spirit and matter in, conjoined in the human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's um, there's another really interesting illustration uh, Eliphas Levi has called the something like the the diagram of macro prosopus yes. or something where yes. it's got the macro prosopus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's got on you know the. Jehovah-like figure on, with the table mm-hmm. and his reflection on the other end. One's wh- the white and the black mm-hmm. um, mirroring each other. The greater consonants and the lesser consonants. Yeah, exactly. And that's mm-hmm. another reference to you know the macro and the micro and the right the black right. god and the white god. And, and of the, course, we that the, the macro is and like, the severe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The macro being. Uh, you know, and there's that again that bridge between the supernal and uh, the supernal triad and the world below. Mm-hmm. And he's the connector. And he's know, the connector. Between. And interesting, if you look at the uh, think of the Taurus as ruling the the neck and the throat, mm-hmm. if the supernals Keter being mm-hmm. the uh, the the crown, mm-hmm. and they say that Hakma and Bina being the the two lobes of the the brain, Mm -hmm. and then the next one down on, at least on that pillar, would be the neck. Would be Taurus. So I don't know if that holds up through the rest of the zodiac in the diagram, but it was kind of interesting thought. I'm just going to check where we, uh, what, but, um, but, you know, uh, just as the emperor was associated with sight, the hierophant is associated with hearing and, Hmm. you know, sound, perhaps, the, um, and the throat as the as place the voice, where the voice right, generates. Yeah. Hmm. That's something to consider. But yeah, I think the, a Taurus generally is supposed to be associated with the throat, right? Okay, let's see. So if we do the same thing we did on, um, well, I don't think we did it for the emperor, but on the empress we talked about looking at opposites on the tree. I mean, we're getting hmm. into the tree here. So, so the opposite would, would be the other, be on the, the other pillar would be the chariot. So right. on... The hierophant, he's the mediator between, you know, the Hezid and mm-hmm. um, Chakma down to Hezid. So he's kind of bringing down that spark of divine spark down. And then on the and other side, he's got Bina the bringing down the water mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. on the other side of the tree. So it's, that's another interesting... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. The divine spark on the pillar of force and the water on the di- uh, the divine... You know, uh, on the pillar of form from Bina to Gavura in the mm-hmm. form of the chariot, the Holy Grail. Right, that whole side actually, because below that, then you have the um, Mem card, the um, the hanged the hanged man, man mm-hmm. which is another watery. And then on that, the other pillar, I think the next one down would be the the Wheel, Wheel of, of Fortune. fortune if so you see Jupiter as fire, another yeah. Mm-hmm. So right, 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 right. 
Right. Just an interesting meditation. Yeah, it is interesting to just sort of fold it over the middle pillar like that and think about it. Um, all right, to focus on symbolism. So let's talk about what uh, the, the hand gestures in both of these figures. Um, right. So right. on Waits' card, you've got the classic Pope's um, benediction, or what, what do you call that? The uh... Okay, so it is, it is the sign of benediction, and I think it's an as above, so below reference. I've also seen it uh, as a reference to uh, the exoteric versus the esoteric, the revealed religion versus the uh, secret. And that's really interesting with this figure because, of course, the, the pontiff or pope is the intermediary, the idea that he's be, he st- sits or stands between what's known and what's unknown and is a regulator, negotiator of that relationship. Then there's the fact that, you know, it doesn't, it's not very obvious in the card, but actually the two fingers should be a little bit separated which is the v mm, making the, the the v of roman numeral five yeah of roman numeral five and again there's another uh really interesting illustration by levi that shows that it's a hand making that symbol mm-hmm. and then it's got the shadow of the hand and it's forming the face of a demon wow and it's uh I forget what Waite calls it, but he translated it wrong because the way it was really written was it's the sign of reprobation, the sign of the damned or something like that. Yes, the devil's horns or something like that. Um, In the Crowley card, you can see it's more separate. Well, on the Crowley card, he does it with a separate hand. And with his left and it's, hand. He does it with the <laughs> other hand, and he does it upside down. So there's mm-hmm. the a, the averse symbol of the V. So mm-hmm. there's a, you know, there's mm-hmm. a meaning there. There's, there's, um, we also have both upright and averse pentagrams in this. Right, card. right. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a deep meaning there between this, this upright triangle and the averse triangle of the, the V. So mm-hmm. if, there's another illustration called the sign of Solomon or something like that. And it's got the upright triangle white and the, the, um, Averse triangle black, and it's just mm-hmm. like that other reflection that uh, reflected image of that guy. Mm-hmm. What's his name <laughs> sitting there that we just talked about? Um, uh, that other illustration. Oh, the the um, macro prosopis yeah, yeah, and the yeah. micro prosopis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just like that. There's an upright mm-hmm. white triangle and, mm-hmm. a, and an averse black triangle. And it was really interesting. The other day, I just happened to be looking at an illustration of the Brotherhood of Light deck, and mm-hmm. that same symbol is mm-hmm. on the star card of that deck for, no some, for some reason. Hmm. So enigmatic. Exceedingly. Mm. And isn't this the same symbol that we later see in the Ten of Swords in Rider Waite, the guy lying down on his face with the uh, Ten Swords in his back, and he's making us... Uh, oh, is he? Huh. He is. It's Well, that's it's, interesting. It is uh, remarkably strange. There's something um, in that symbol, though, about the above and the below, mm-hmm. the, the juxtaposition of opposites and how light creates shadow. And there's, there's a meaning um, that I think think levi was hinting at with his picture of that that benediction creating the Mm -hmm. shadow of a demon that um 
he may not have been able to be open about for the times, but I think what he mm-hmm. was trying to say is that God and the devil are the same thing, or at least that God created the devil. If God created mm. everything, then God also created evil. Mm-hmm. And the idea of the Felix Culpa or the happy fall, uh, the idea that that the that it allowed the fall in the Garden of Eden allowed for redemption. Oh yeah, he is making that symbol. So yeah, ten of swords. Yeah, he's he's kind creepy. of like creepy. Yeah, and he's got the same white sleeves, red vestment as the hierophant and the in mm. the rider weight. Uh, this is the ten of swords guy with his, making the gesture with his hands. And you know, some people say it's a secret sign that everything's fine despite what you see, and some people say it's uh, sarcastic. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> what about keys? Should we talk about keys? Sure. What do you want to say about keys? Well, um, you know, it's just interesting, first of all, Hierophant's got keys beneath him, uh, beneath his feet. And keys, you know, again, the idea that the Pope is the, you know, the first Pope was St. Peter. St. Peter stands at the gates of heaven. Uh, Right. I've heard them called, referred to as the keys of gold and silver or the keys of heaven and hell. Mm. Again, that's a whole devil, God, two halves of the same thing kind of reference. Right. And look at the, look at the weight card, how he's got, see the three crosses on his, uh, Mm -hmm. what do you call that thing? And then you've got the two crosses on his feet. So there's five, five crosses, but the two on his feet are actually, they look like they're upside down. So Mm. then again, there's the the whole Mm. averse cross thing hinted at, which that's kind of interesting. And then on the Crowley uh, hierophant, we have uh, a wand with three circles. That's, I believe, the three eons of uh, Isis, uh, Osiris, and uh, There's there's my pronunciation. (laughs) uh, But it's also awfully key-like. You know, um, you can imagine it being a key if you hold it by the, uh, the by the, the circles. The, yeah, it is like a key. There's actually a lot of keys, the older skeleton keys. Mm-hmm, that look very look like that. A lot, they call them trefoil, trefoil Trefoil, keys. mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And the th- whole three thing. So they see the little infant inside the... Yeah. Um, yeah, that's Horus, right? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he's referred to as the thrice-armed warrior. And the th- mm. the three weapons he has are the three alchemical sulfur, uh, oh, mercury, and salt. So I, I think, I wonder if there's any connection there. Yeah, yeah. Well, that whole ages, the the whole eons thing is interesting. That oh, you, and another Venus mm-hmm. reference, uh, the, the infant, the Horus infant child has a sandal strap on his toe, which again is the Ankh. Whoa, the how can you see that? Venus. Uh, let's see. You have to look at the real card because this printout yeah. is very... Dim, yeah, yeah, but oh yeah, it's and it's all like little... green and um, yeah. Right. So if you look so that's... at the left foot of Horus in the pentagram inside uh, on the hierophant's breast, he's got like a a green sandal on his uh, on his right foot, left to us, because green is the color of Venus, and of course, right, so the, her... the shape of the the sandal is mm-hmm. the shape of the glyph of Venus. Mm-hmm. which is also an Ankh, which mm-hmm. is also a reference to the fifth power of the Sphinx. So this card, you've got the four signs of the four tetramorphs, the four glyphs in the corners, and in the Hierophant, or Hierophant, it brings them all together. So basically, he's the Earth card, he's the bull, which is silence, mm-hmm. which is the, you know, the power of to be silent. But mm-hmm. he also has the four unified within him, the power to go. Right. And that sandal strap is an Egyptian hieroglyph for to go. Mm-hmm. 
It's really hard to understate, I mean, to overstate the significance of this card. There's just so much going on in it. The, I, I think the, the Hierophant in the Crawley deck has more meaning to it than almost any other card. It's There's so many layers that, mm-hmm. you know, you could almost write a little mini book on this one card alone. Yeah, and there's also the just like creepiness of the Hierophant's face, the mask-like quality, um, right, the of calcification the, almost of the old age uh, passing and giving way to the new. And, and mm-hmm. I think uh, Crowley even mentions the, the kind of creepiness factor of, of him <laughs> in, a, in a sense that um, I think he says that his look on his face is somewhat sinister. Oh, it sure is. And sinister, again, if you think of the meaning of sinister, it's mm-hmm. left, it's averse, mm-hmm. it's reversed, it's, you know, there's all those, sure uh, those meanings beyond evil. Yeah, yeah. Um, we haven't talked too much about the tetramorph, and I actually, that's the four beasts, the four, right? Yeah, the four beasts of the fixed signs. So, yeah, this right. is, that's a whole other thing that we should talk about and Crowley actually does something unusual as compared to the way they're portrayed in other Golden Dawn decks like the Wait Smith deck. Mm. Mm. So, okay, so let's talk about the four creatures. I actually pulled up the reference in the Bible. Um, this is from, cool. this is Ezekiel's vision, um, the prophet Ezekiel. And it is in, in fact, it's in chapter one. Let's see. They are they are they're called the uh, living creatures of uh, of Ezekiel, um, and I think it's a pretty long passage, but I'll try to try to find the beginning of it. Okay, um, so there's this giant cloud, fire, whirlwind, you know, clearly something odd going on, and then out out of the midst thereof, this is verse five, the came alien ship landing. <laughs> came the likeness of four living creatures and this was their appearance they had the likeness of a man and everyone had four faces and everyone had four wings and their feet were straight feet and the sole of their feet was like the sole of a calf's foot and they sparkled like the color of burnished brass man i I want some of what he's got (laughs) (laughs) and they had the hands of a man under their wings on their four sides and they and they four had their faces and their wings their wings were joined one to another. They turned not when they went. They went everyone straight forward. As for the likeness of their faces, now here we go. They four had the face of a man and the face of a lion on the right side. And they four had the face of an ox on the left side. And they four also had the face of an eagle, right? Uh, thus were their faces and their wings were stretched upwards, etc., etc. Um yeah, so um, it's funny you say you want some of what he's having. If you if you <laughs> if you look up the uh, the Hierophant's role in the mysteries, he he was the uh, he passed out the entheogens. Oh, did he? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he had a little extra for himself. Um, and there's a just just to note that when you it keeps going, but when you get to verse fifteen, it says. Now as I beheld the living creatures, behold, one wheel upon the earth by the living creatures with his four faces. And where will we next encounter the... uh, The wheel. Yeah, in the Wheel of Fortune. So you'll see lots of references to them as, you know, the living creatures of Ezekiel. And in the universe. Mm -hmm. Or the creatures of Ezekiel, the four cherubic beasts, 
Right. So it's the four fixed signs of the Zodiac that hold down the four corners of the universe or the four royal watcher stars. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So So we have um, Leo Leo for the lion. For fire, fixed fire. So the eagle for fixed water, that's Scorpio in its um, rarefied form. Uh, We have, what is this, Scorpion... Snake, snor- scorpion, eagle, yeah, it's and tripart- what's the other one? Tripartite form, which is the uh, the 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 low form is the snake. Mm-hmm. Or no, is the scorpion. Then the uh, middle form is the snake, and the high form is, is the, the eagle. eagle. Right, because it's the sign of transformation. And then we have fixed air is the man Aquarius, and uh, fixed earth is the bull Taurus. And we have each of those uh, represented. Yeah, those points. are the the traditional, right? The, the usual attributions would be, you know. Mm-hmm. So, if but you, you have uh, so Crowley did something. Yeah, weird. he he um he actually in his deck both. So these these tetramorphs show up in two places in the Thoth deck on this card and on the Universe card. Mm-hmm. In the Wait Smith deck, they show up on the Fortune card and on the Universe card, mm-hmm. and. You know, the weight deck uses the traditional attributions, and you'll see that the uh, lion is opposite the man for the axis of Aquarius Mm -hmm. and uh, Leo. So Mm -hmm. Leo is the lion and the angel or the man is Aquarius, whereas then you have the other axis of Taurus and Scorpio, Mm -hmm. the bull and the eagle. So, but in the Thoth deck, you will see that the... um, the man and the eagle have been reversed, mm-hmm. and there's a deep um, there's a deep reason and mystery for that. In that, uh, what what he did was he reversed them and made the eagle um, for Aquarius, which isn't actually a, a terrible attribution. It's it's actually quite a good attribution because mm-hmm. the eagle, the bird, the Aquarius and air, and there's a lot of uh, historical basis for that, um, and made the man uh, actually into the um, card for Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Well, the important thing is that we see these beasts repeatedly, and they, you know, and we use them for the four of everything, like four seasons, four right. apostles, uh, you know, four powers of the Sphinx, and uh, so when you see that, it's just a reminder. And I just think, sort of generally, in terms of the hierophant being fixed Earth, being Taurus, I mean, there's sort of a, you know way of interpreting this card uh, rather than just as the hierophant is mediator a lot of people or uh, use it interpretationally as you know a stand in for institutions and solidity and you know the things that we transmit generation to generation um hence the solidity of the gray stone pillars so you know there's that mm, quality of fixed it's about said it. that's why these are masks rather than yes. the living creatures that are shown in the universe card mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. here the they're, earth they're shells or, or mm-hmm. they're forms that we adopt right right that's so interesting Okay. Um, anything else? Um, well, we didn't talk about the hats. You want to talk oh, hats? The hats. Um, oh, right. Yeah. So there's the papal tiara, the three-tiered um, tiara that the Pope used to wear until like mid-20th century or something like that. Yep. And uh, then we have uh, in the Thoth deck, it also looks like the red hat of the, the Pope, but mm-hmm. it's also the crown of Osiris. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and what does Snuffin call it? 
<laughs> well, okay, so a phallic symbol. Yeah, yeah. There is like a staff of Osiris possibly on there if you look real close, and you have the phallic symbol on there yep. as well. Yeah, so I I really like it as the Osiris reference. Um, you know, not just for the reference to the eons or aeons, but. You know, in the Book of the Dead, if you look at the Book of the Dead as a as a metaphor for the spiritual quest where we are the deceased or we are the waking up, you mm-hmm. know, um, mm-hmm. we are the Osiris. Um, mm-hmm. And there's the, the other name of Osiris is Asar, the mm-hmm. traditional, I think, Egyptian name would be Asar. And then there's the Asar Un Nefir, which means myself made perfect. Mm. And I think mm. it speaks a lot to this card, the the Hierophant, which gets a really bad rap. And a lot of people are very not fond of this card, but it's it's a teacher. It's it's associated with the holy guardian angel, that that still voice within that that shows us the way. And mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. there's a lot of wisdom there and you have to make yourself the perfect vehicle in order to be silent enough to hear that voice. Right. So there's the death of the ego right there, the idea that you have to destroy yourself in order to surrender to uh, the received wisdom. Right. Mm-hmm. Then there's a whole other thing. This this is all more related to the Thoth deck than the other Rider weight deck, but there's in the Book of the Law, there's a passage that seems to hint that well, the consort of the empress is usually the emperor. In the new tradition, the consort of the empress is actually the hierophant. Hmm. So the empress as Venus and then the the Taurus card you know, mm-hmm. where Venus is ruled. Mm-hmm. And you can also look at it as... He's the uh, the Hebrew letter Vau, which is the third in the divine name. So he's the son, right, right of the right. supernal parents, whereas she's the daughter, the daughter of, of the, the mighty supernal ones. parents. So they're right. a natural pair. So what else do we want to see? Um, well, uh, I have some Styrax here. <laughs> oh yeah, and we got to do the colors too. So oh, smells the colors. And colors. Okay, do the colors. Okay, so um, the primary color for the king scale. So if you think of the the color scales as a rainbow, mm-hmm. they actually travel through the twelve signs from red, just they like do. The, the musical notes do down do. through the you know violet at so the other end of the scale. So this is just a little ways away from red. So it's red orange. Red orange. It's the next exactly. one down from red or up from red, however, whichever way you mm-hmm. look at the directions. So the the king scale color is red orange. Mm-hmm. So then you have um, the other three colors. So the queen scale is an indigo color, mm-hmm. um, which is really interesting because I think of the indigo as being a color of Saturn. Yeah. Now Saturn, this isn't a card of Saturn. It's a card of you know Taurus and Venus. But Saturn is heavy and solid, like the bull, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the elephant, and um, mm-hmm. it kind of reminds me too of the going back to the name, the Magus of the Eternal Gods. Right. So who are right. the Eternal Gods? I mean, if you think of the concept of eternity, you're thinking of time and Kronos and Saturn. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe there you go. Something that to think about there. So mm-hmm. so then after the uh, Indigo and the return to the 
the Great Sea of Bina. Right. Oh, mm-hmm. and the other thing about the red-orange of the king scale, I like to think of it as like, you know, red earth, that color of yeah. red earth. It's kind ochre. of a red-orange, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah, ochre. So it's mm-hmm. a very earthy, earthy thing in a color of, you know, man. Um, mm-hmm. So then we've got the indigo, and then the, the prince scale color is a, like an olivey green, right. which again, a really earthy color, and then the brown of earth itself as the princess scale mm-hmm. color. Mm-hmm. So you've got all these nice earthy browns and greens and ochery reds, and then you've got the the heavy indigo of Saturn. Right, which I think we see, I think that's supposed to be in the key form. There's and also in really the background of the card mm. I think is yeah. uh, is yeah, an indigo. Yeah, definitely some indigos yeah. in the. Yep, yep, for sure. And you know, indigo again, it makes you think of the 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 Great Sea of Bina, mm-hmm. you know, and that's another Saturn reference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and because it's red orange, which is as you were saying, just the next up on both the color scale and uh, the musical, and the musical scale. scale, which is C sharp. Oh, I said that was a D. Okay. C sharp is the color of reddish orange. And uh, I don't know if there's any other um, cards that are associated with C sharp, but if there are, we will be sure to find out a little further down the line. So, um, so it's we it's not like we're done with c and red we'll be back there with mars uh the tower um but for this card it's specifically red orange and specifically c sharp okay and we also have here a small amount of styrax um which is kind of one of those vanilla-y resin smells again it's it's fairly critical Sweet, yes. yeah it's in um like labdanum, it's in uh, an amber base. You would find Styrax uh, for amber perfumes. And Styrax is pretty nice to work with. It's it's a little bit lighter in character than um, benzoin, I find. And uh, so I use it in my Taurus perfume. But I also did a lot of sort of Venusian rose stuff. And I put some cucumber in because that makes it smell like stone. <laughs> There's all this... You know, stone associations in my mind in the and the cucumber the is <laughs> oh, a, a phallic symbol. <laughs> yes, quite, quite so. Thank you very much. <laughs> and on that uh, note, as you can tell, we've been doing this all afternoon, and we're kind of ready for a beer. <laughs> okay, so uh, that does it for the hierophant, right? And we will be back next time with the lovers, where we will see the emperor and empress again in their alchemical union so don't shuffle those cards back into your deck okay see you next time and that's our show for today you can find us at www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse where you'll also find new episode announcements and loads of extra articles and visuals which will help you follow along with the show If you're enjoying Fortune's Wheelhouse, won't you leave us a review on iTunes? It's more helpful to us than you can imagine. Even a sentence or two multiplies our reach so that other tarot enthusiasts out there, like you, can find and enjoy the show. And if you'd like to have a chance at these amazing giveaways that we keep mentioning, why not become a patron at the $3 level or above? 
You'll be entered to win in our prize drawings. You'll gain access to the 78 Playlist Tarot Music Project on Spotify. And you'll unlock a treasury of patron-only esoteric content on our website. What's that website again? It's www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse. We can't wait to welcome you to the wheelhouse community because you are a hero of the astral plane and we so appreciate your support. 